Well, hello and welcome. Welcome to The Record Swap once again. My name is Ethan Baird. I will be one of your humble hosts this evening and of course joining me to my right, my good friend Daniel Maguire. Hello everyone. How are you? You can't answer that. Well, can they, they can't answer Tweet that. Tweet us. Tweet us. <laughs> Tell us how you are. Uh, you can ask me how I am. How are you, mate? I'm good, yeah. Yeah, good. <laughs> We've kind of... I've been sitting in your house for yeah, 15 minutes now. So. They like to know that I'm all right. Yeah, I'm all right too. Well, I didn't ask. <laughs> all right. <laughs> uh, all right, it is, uh, like we say, the record swap, episode nine. Yeah. Believe it or not, we are approaching double figures on this thing. Madness. Sheer madness. Uh, and this week we are covering the golden oldies. Yeah. Um, the The criteria for this week was an album that was released before the year of our birth yes uh which we both did yeah which of course varies i'm a little bit younger Uh, just a touch (laughs) not old per se no um Um, so yeah that they and they both comfortably qualified for that so hand op yeah so we, we you may have been listening along at home uh we have been listening this week to blondie's parallel lines yep or at least you have i have uh, i have also a little bit and i have been listening to metallica's master of puppets mm-hmm. uh, two different albums but not 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 completely estranged i would say okay perhaps more on that to come let's see <laughs> uh, do we have anything to talk about first um no no, no, we're everywhere. You know that. You know where um, we are. If you're you... listening to us, you must you must be listening to us somewhere. <laughs> exactly. Uh, if you listen to your podcast somewhere that we haven't put ours up, let us know and we'll put it on there. But um, yeah, we're on Anchor. That's our host website where yep. you can listen to little little snippets of music along with us. Yeah. Um, which is quite nice. Uh, and if you want to listen elsewhere, then that is fine too. Yeah, just hit pause when we talk about listen to a song, go and listen to the song and then come back because it's, it's just the way it's done. That's the uh, way to do it. It's the right way. The only way. Mm-hmm. Lovely, lovely beer that I just oh, yeah. sipped. Uh, we are, as you, as I'm sure you all like to know, mm-hmm. uh, drinking beer this week. Yep. Uh, not tea, not coffee, but no. beer. Beer once again. Uh, we are drinking Spanish five-star beer from Madrid. We won't say the name for... <laughs> for <laughs> I don't know, maybe they'll want to sponsor for us. For legal reasons. Send us... Well, if you're, if you're a Spanish maybe. five-star beer, um, brewing since 1890. <laughs> <laughs> Can't apply to that many. Can't apply to that many. Um, hit us up, you know. Yeah, at the record store. You know where we're at. <laughs> so let's get on with it. Uh, let's talk about my album first this week, shall we? Uh-huh. I would love that. So I have been listening to, as I previously mentioned, Metallica this week. You're a band I actually knew wow. previous to this. That doesn't happen that often on it here. It doesn't actually. happen that often mm-hmm. on here. I say I knew Metallica, like, everyone knows who Metallica Exactly. Are. They are, without doubt, one of the most commercially successful rock bands of all time. Yeah, they are the most commercially successful metal band of all time. Is that so? That is so. Uh, where, where do we call, where, where do we reach heavy metal on the rock scale? Is it about here? What do you mean? Like, is this... As in, like, rock music exists as a genre, uh-huh. of which heavy metal is a subgenre. Uh-huh. So, if we're going down the rock music slider, uh-huh. at what point are we thinking, right, we're into heavy metal now? Is it roughly Metallica? Mm, not, not this album. Okay. But later on, Metallica went a bit more hard rock with, like, hints of metal. Okay. And I think that is a pretty good 
indicator of like this is where rock becomes metal. Okay. But I would say that Master of Puppets is is a wee bit away from rock. I would say that's pretty metal. You would say it's a fairly metal album. Uh, yeah, yeah, for sure. Cool. There's, de- there's definitely more rockier metal music out there than this. If that sure, makes sense. Sure, sure, sure. Because to me, my obviously my knowledge of heavy metal is still reasonably limited. Yes. So I'm trying to understand the genre. Yeah, we're, um, we're we're getting there. But it's not it's not, for instance, as heavy as Code Orange was. No, not like, it's not that was, sonically heavy. That was a hardcore album. Yeah. Which is further down the line. Uh, not always. Okay. I'm, <laughs> I feel like I'm going too far into this now. Um, I'm slightly worried that my laptop's just going to say, no, it's cool. We We're just still recording. Stroking that touchpad. Yeah. <laughs> we will do that. Uh, so, heavy metal album, 1986. This, this album kind of predates their commercial explosion really a little bit yeah they were Which pretty big on this album but not like sure globally yeah i mean this is a platinum album it's like oh, six yeah. times platinum or something like yeah, that yeah. but um their big album was metallica uh-huh. the, the black album the black as album. i've heard it called yes uh but that was not to come for another five years so this kind of predates their huge commercial success uh so let's talk about the album a bit that's what we're here to do uh, <laughs> that would be great <laughs> i get this album Okay. Like I, I, I get the appeal. I see it. I understand. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Lovely. It's powerful. It's quite provocative, and it's it's often quite good. Okay. Um. Quite good. Goodness. Yeah. Me. This Th- is a there classic. are there are things that I like about it. Good. Which, you know, is more than some weeks. You know, <laughs> <laughs> which I like nothing. Yeah. I'll go through a few of the things that I like. Uh. This is going to sound quite strange, but run with me on this. I'm running. It's called, or I have called it, the galloping horse rhythm. I know exactly what you mean. It appears quite frequently. Running alongside you there. Yeah. I know what you mean. It's like the dum da dum da dum da dum da dum da dum That kind of drum beat guitar rhythm that makes me feel like I'm riding a horse. Not that I've ever ridden a horse. All right. But if I was to ride a horse... I imagine it would feel... I imagine it would sound a bit like Metallica. A bit like Metallica. Uh, I like that album. Good. It's not. It's not overused as well. Which no, no. Some bands um, overuse it. Yeah, a little bit. But on this album, they don't. No. Or I, I wouldn't say that they do. Uh, I think this band are a very unified band. Mm-hmm. They switch up their rhythm pretty much all the time, like constantly. Yeah. Well, some tracks more than others. Yeah, it's quite long songs in here where. Maybe yes. Uh, but the, they're changing up from bar to bar. You know, we're getting some irregular meters in there, and I'm I'm no stranger to an irregular meter. I quite <laughs> like an irregular meter, but I think they maybe do overdo it a little bit. All right. I think they do it very well, yeah. and uh, as they move on in a very unified, together way. Uh-huh. But I think maybe they do it a bit much. They sure. kind of make me feel as though they're rushing through my enjoyment of the album sometimes. All right. Like just as I'm getting on board with something, it's kind of like moved on to this like new rhythm, and then, and then it's coming back, and then it's going back into it, and it's, yeah. it's flipping back. And I forth. think the fact that they they bring it back, you know, we talked about on Code Orange where they would just move on from an idea and, for no reason at and all, that, and that idea would kind of never get explored again. Yes. Whereas I feel like Metallica on like an eight minute song on this album will mm-hmm. kind of bounce back and forth between like three or four different things, so you sure. always kind of get it again. And kind of bringing it back, and I do appreciate that. However. Whilst we're talking about long songs, the songs are too long. No, they're not. I, I'm an absolute sucker for a three-minute in-and-out <laughs> job. Uh, this 
this the think the shortest track on this is still like five and a half minutes. Uh, yeah, I think Battery might be the shortest. Song, yeah, right? um, I think it maybe is, or one of them later on. I don't remember exactly the titles of all the tracks, but I feel like it's just when they're coming back to some to themes that they've previously gone into, they're not really exploring them any further. Mm-hmm. You know, they're just kind of coming back and doing them again. Yeah, which I. I kind of dislike for the same reason as just moving on for no reason. Right, okay. Like, you move on for no reason. Why have you done that? I wanted more from that moment. Mm-hmm. But if you're going to move on to something new and then come back to it, fine, but do something new with it. Sure. Give me something else to listen to other than just the same verse. Again. Yeah, I kind of I get that. You know, explore the vocals a bit more. Give me some more interesting <laughs> little guitar licks or whatever. Yeah. I think for me, I like what they do so much so they could do it for as long as they want (laughs) for for all the time and there are a few tracks that they don't really finish they just kind of have that slow fade on them they're like we've kind of run out of a way to finish this now we're still galloping along so we're just going to do a slow fade Uh on this track and I don't always like that yeah in in any song no I actually agree with that I'm not a massive fan of the fade out yeah I like when one track moves into the next I like when a track finishes and you know that you're getting something else but the slow fade i'm not mm. i'm not sold on that no i'm not huge on it either. i think they do that on the second to last track orion is it called yeah. the yeah. instrumental one yes yeah. and it, it just kind of you can hear it plodding along and trips away into the distance yeah um but it i'm just not that on board with that mm. i think for that one like because it's an instrumental song i I kind of don't mind it as much. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. Because instrumental songs, I always feel like are slightly different. When they're done by bands that primarily use vocals, I always feel like an instrumental song is kind of its own moment on the album. Mm-hmm. So for that to fade out, I don't mind so much. Um, but generally, fade outs, I don't really like that yeah. much. So let's talk about the vocals since we touched on it there. Oh, that would be great. Uh, I would like more melody. Or just a more melodic vocal, but I know I'm in the wrong genre for that. <laughs> yeah. So that's more of a this me. As good thing as it's gonna get, mate. <laughs> that's more of a me problem than anything yeah. else. And like I say, it's it's it is about as good as it gets in terms of metal. Mm. Melody. Yeah, I mean that that was a joke. That's not necessarily true, but it it definitely gets worse. So oh, <laughs> oh it gets worse. I've been there. Uh, it's not a screaming album. No. So it's just a sort of aggressive delivery. Yes. Uh. At what point on the, the slide scale of metal uh-huh. does screaming come into it? Because screaming is one of those iconic things that people always associate with heavy metal music, mm-hmm. but it's not really a heavy metal thing. It was used kind of later on in heavy metal. So most of the first metal bands, which mm-hmm. Metallica aren't one of those actually, but in the um, <clears throat> when heavy metal was born, 1969... Um, throughout the 70s screaming wasn't really a thing mm-hmm. it kind of became a thing in the 80s um, at around the time that Metallica kind of got started from, as far as my knowledge goes I think that's when screaming started to become used as the primary vocal delivery for metal bands not Metallica but for other metal bands uh-huh. um, and then through the 90s and set definitely into the noughties it became more and more prevalent and now it's kind of flipped the other way where now if you get a metal band where they don't scream, that is kind of noteworthy 
Whereas I imagine in the 80s, it was probably more noteworthy if that was their primary delivery. If sure, you see, if sure. You see what I mean. Yeah, no, I, I do see what you mean. It's kind of comes and goes. Yeah. But it's, you would still say that screaming is a metal thing as opposed to yeah. another, another... It's not a pop thing, so... <laughs> well, it's, de- it's definitely not a pop thing. But I, I know that we just talked, we touched on hardcore yes. as a genre. So hardcore, that, that probably gave birth to screaming, actually. That was right. where it really kind of... <laughs> Gave birth gave to screaming. <laughs> it wasn't a particularly nice sentence, but yeah. um, it, I suppose it's fairly accurate. Screaming as a, as like I mentioned, the primary vocal delivery. That now that I think of it, probably came from hardcore as opposed to metal. Maybe I'm wrong there. I'm not sure. Okay. Like I don't really know who the first band to do it was, but but Metallica don't, which is kind of the point no. of this review. Yeah, uh, they don't scream. It's not a screaming album. Uh, but the the delivery is somewhere between singing and speaking. Yeah, he kind of. It does have an aggressive, shouty delivery uh, uh, that sort of follows a high and low melodic structure. But mm-hmm. you couldn't, I don't think you could write it down on some sheet music. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Uh, yeah, I think it's, um, yeah, you could not necessarily write it on sheet music. I think you could, um, it's structured like lyrics and broken up and has patterns. Yes. And stuff like that. But it's not like... It's not it's rap. Not, it's not sung. No, yeah. but it's also not sung. But it's, yeah, it's yeah. somewhere in that gap. Ah, yeah. Uh, I don't love it. Okay. I don't. I don't love that delivery. Do you um, prefer it to screaming? I pr- uh, probably do. Okay. I don't know though because we've had a few screams that I've been like, well, I can go on board with that scream. Yeah. Um. But I, I don't. I don't know if it's just kind of copping out of both mm. choices. Well. I think there's genuine, I think there's attitude and anger all over this album. I agree. And I think that a lot of that comes from the vocal. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I do think it's effective. I just don't know if I find it particularly nice to listen to. Yes, that's <laughs> what I'm trying to say. Okay. Um, I feel like I've maybe skipped over something there. I've got lots of notes in front of me here. We touched about the same. We talked about it. I just think, for me, the there's something holding me back from this album. Okay. We had this issue before. Where what was it? Where was that? When I was like, oh, I just... Oh, it was Placebo. Oh, I was yeah. Like, I feel like I should like this, mm-hmm. but it's just not doing it for me. Mm-hmm. Whereas with this one, I, I don't feel so much as though I should like it. It's, it's not really my thing. Yeah. But even still, I feel like there's something I'm not drawing from it. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm not really engaging with it fully. And I don't really know what it is that's holding me back from it. I yeah. find it a bit unengaging. Okay. I felt like I would go through a listen and be a bit like, oh, I've, I've kind of zoned out from the music. Mm-hmm. Which is weird for a metal album Yeah. to lose interest. Not, not the... so much lose interest, but lose. It, it wasn't losing my interest, it was losing my attention. Is it the long songs, maybe? I think it maybe is an element of that. And, and also... It, it doesn't vary a huge amount. There is variation on the album, for mm-hmm. sure. Like, 100% there is. Um, but I think maybe the length of the songs makes it feel as though the, the transitions between the the definitive moments and the definitive styles on the album yeah. are so long and drawn out mm-hmm. that you don't notice them quite so much okay. as you listen through. If you click through the tracks and you listen to different moments, like, boom, boom, one after the other, you'd yeah. be like, oh, there's loads of styles on this album. Yeah. But when you listen to it as one unit, it, you don't get that quite as much. Okay. Do you know what I mean by that? Um, yeah, I think I know what you mean by that, yeah. It's just a bit drawn <clears throat> out. It's a bit... Uh, it's a bit... 
lackadaisical. It's a bit of a stroll right. through a metal wood. You know what I mean? As opposed to, <laughs> as opposed Rampaging to through. Yeah, because it started. There is a lot of galloping on this album. Yeah, but I don't know if it's. I don't know. Okay. I'm not really sure what it's I'm trying to say. Well, I'm, I think I've been the, trying to find the right way. I to think phrase that, that. Um, if you're not fully in on metal, I think that you possibly need it to be possibly need immediacy from it and need it to be like exciting yeah exciting mm-hmm. and like i need to know what like the intensity of this what people get from that and i wouldn't say that this is a particularly intense album because no they, every, any moment of intensity that it has is probably lost by the fact that it then carries on for another couple of minutes um now i love that because i love like i mentioned it earlier like bouncing between the ideas. I love the ideas and the the bits of the songs so much mm-hmm. that when they come back, like I say, the Metallica could play the the sort of stompy riff to Leper Messiah, the goo do 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 they could play that for ten minutes straight and I would be just be like, Yes, more please. So do you think maybe I'm not ready for this album yet? I don't even I don't know. Do you maybe, think it's maybe too not. complex for me? Maybe yeah, maybe like an album that does this type of metal which is called thrash metal okay um maybe an album that does this in shorter bursts would be an easier gateway into this album yeah um, which actually the previous album then ride the lightning would maybe have been that album okay um, okay because I, I get that i feel like when i approach a heavy metal album i'm always waiting for it to get really intense mm-hmm. like really intense and this never hits that mark no, not. And I think that's just my own preconceptions of what metal is. And yeah, it not does. a full understanding of yeah, what Yeah, it it's can not be. always like scream and spit in your face like intensity. Yeah, but it feels like it should be, or that that's yeah. that's just my preconception. Yeah, maybe don't wait for that and then when it does happen it'll be more like of a of a thing. Yeah, okay, okay. I just maybe have approached <laughs> this with the wrong ears. <laughs> maybe. <laughs> what were you expecting to hear from Metallica then? Because like, obviously you, you kind of knew them. Yeah, and... so I knew tracks like Enter Sandman and mm-hmm. One. Mm-hmm. Um, so I kind of knew that... Neither they... of which are on this album. No, they're not. Um, I kind of knew that they were a heavy metal band, but I didn't really... I thought what I'd listened to was probably the the more commercially accessible songs. Yeah, well, I understand so I kind, that, yes. I kind of want, was expecting <clears throat> an album to uh-huh. go deeper into metal, into a, a heavier zone that I maybe hadn't heard from Metallica yeah. before. Does that make sense? Yes, yeah. So I guess I was expecting it to be heavier than it was. Okay. And it wasn't as uh, heavy as I thought it was going to be. Right, yeah, yeah. I think heaviness is something that has evolved over the years as well and kind of in the same way that screaming has where i think you'll get a band now that use sort of screaming as their primary delivery as if i've used that term so i'm just gonna primary keep, delivery <laughs> i'm just gonna keep using that screaming as, as a primary delivery <laughs> and i think that screaming i think instantly makes something sound heavier than maybe it is because it is such a like heavy way to do something such an insane <laughs> thing yeah um and i think that a lot of bands now that are actually not as heavy as Metallica are maybe sonically sound so because they are produced with such like crunch and weight to like the riffs and sure. they, they're screaming everything. Whereas actually, if you strip back and and I think as well, you got to look at what the, you know heaviness 
I think comes from the the content as well. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think on this album, you know, Metallica are talking about, you know, the way that people are sent into war. You know, listen to a song like Disposable Heroes on this album, and it's like it's super, super aggressive. Yeah. And that to me is a heaviness that not all bands have. Some bands might sonically, like on a surface level, you might go, "This is so heavy." It's like there's, it's like blasting through the speakers at me, and they're screaming. But then you're like, "What are they actually talking about here?" It's just like talking about walking home from work, like Hollywood Undead. Like, <laughs> yeah, like Hollywood Undead. Whine about stuff. You're just like, "What are you?" Like I like Hollywood and Dead, but you do kind of just like, what are you even talking about? Yeah, no, I I, I get that. And yeah. I don't think I've really ever thought about co- content as necessarily having a heaviness and adding to the heaviness of a band. Yeah, I think it does. I think that, that genuine attitude and emotion and genuine anger and aggression are can make something heavier, whereas maybe if you listen to it on a surface, a surface level, you're going to like, you wouldn't think this is heavy. Sure. Um, yeah. All right, I think, I think that again, my my main issue with this album is that it's I've just approached it in the wrong way. I've kind of expected something different from it, and for uh, having not got that from mm-hmm. it, I feel like I've missed out on something. Yeah, I think, so, that's, I think that's fair. Yeah, there's just an element of me that's not quite grabbing onto this and going, "Yeah, this is a good album." I know it's a good album. I get it. I get the appeal. I see that. Yeah, but not really doing much for me. Cool. And for that that's reason. I'm going to give it a 5 out of 10. Oh! Yeah. A 5? I thought it was at least getting a 6. Yeah, it, 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 I've actually written down a 6, but... Oh, he's written down a 6. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, it's a 6 out of 10. No, I, I wrote down a 6, and just over the course of my review, have decided that, no, it wasn't quite a 6. It wasn't quite a 6. 5 out of 10 for Master of Puppets is the most shocking thing I've ever heard in my life. It's a strong 5. <laughs> it's a strong, a strong 10, mate, is what it is. Okay. Well, you may think so. <laughs> Maybe if I put your ears on, I will hear it with the 10 out of 10-ness that it is. Perhaps. Think that'd be weird. I think it, this is just a total side point here. It's not I, even really related to any sure medical truth at all. But if I could put put your ears on, in inverted commas, uh-huh. and like actually listen to something with your mindset, uh-huh. then I think that'd be weird. <laughs> well, what, mindset is not a... Like a a physical thing though I know but if I could appreciate it the way that you could and I fully understand that that would be quite interesting well yeah doctors of the world uh, can you figure out a way to make this possible because well, if you we had, at the record if you had like my, to know <laughs> if you had my brain and then listened to metal surely yeah. you would like it oh well okay so yeah doctors of the world we're looking at brain transplants here to make the record swap <laughs> more interesting so <laughs> um, yeah anyway we're going to wrap that, that up. That was a tangent. That was a bit of a tangent. <laughs> uh, 6 out of 10 was what I wrote down, but it's actually a 5 out of 10. And we're going to listen to... Um, we're going to listen to Battery. Great song. Because, you know, I actually really like the opening. Battery! <laughs> okay, I'm actually going to play it. <laughs> Let you listen to Daniel's rendition of it. Uh, it's got a strong opening. It's kind of got a nice acoustic guitar build-up into the the more heavy style. Yep. Uh, it's got some galloping... It's got a bit of the gallop, a bit of galloping um, riff on it, and yeah. So this is battery opening track to Metallica's wonderful master of puppets. Yes, enjoy. So before we continue this week's episode of the record swap, I have an apology to make. Uh, I have somehow completely 
balls up the recording this week. Um, I'm not sure how we, we managed it, but at some point we've started recording on not a regular microphone. I literally haven't touched the settings. I've not done anything differently, but we are now on to some pretty poor audio quality from here on out. So I would just like to throw in a wee apology there. That's my bad. Um, those of you that know me will know that I despise with a fiery passion poor audio quality. So this to me is it's pretty unforgivable. Um, but anywho, from now on, the audio quality goes way down, but the, the, the chat is still just as good. So listen on. I'm sorry. Here we go. All right, that was Battery from the album Master of Puppets by Metallica. It was. Um, while we were listening to that, I had a revelation and I thought of something that I forgot to mention before, so I'm going to talk about it quickly now. Um, guitar solos <laughs> are uh-huh. something that I'm just generally not a huge fan of. Do you know what? There's people that actually really like metal that don't really like a guitar solo that much. And it's particularly the kind of guitar solo that ha- that is high up the fretboard yeah. and is really fast. Yeah. It, it, we, we call it whiny guitar solo. Like, it's like screeching. <laughs> yeah, it just, it's not doing it for me. It's not doing it for me in a big way, actually. Uh, yeah, I think lots of people don't like guitar solos, actually. For me, my thing with guitar solos is always it has to further the song. If it is just, in, just aimless whittling for the sake of whittling, whittling. <laughs> then I'm kind of not that interested in it. All right. Um, and I think some bands, I think quite a few bands actually, are, are pretty guilty of just whittling. Whittling away. Whittling away. I don't think that's something Metallica do. So. No, I think that their solos are superb. I get it when it's when it starts from somewhere and it goes somewhere, but the the the, the little tiny little five second solos are like, and then it moves on. I'm not I'm not a huge fan of that. I find them a bit a bit show off. Uh, the bit where you twigged in the yeah. song was a glorious moment. I don't know. I don't know <laughs> anyway, let's move on. We we'll talked about Metallica. Yeah, we're white now. Uh, we're gonna talk now about uh, your album. Yeah, week. you gave me Parallel Lines by Blondie. I certainly did. Another band I've heard of. Uh, look at us, knowing bands. Knowing bands. <laughs> um, this music podcast, knowing music. And yeah, I don't really ever sit down and listen to Blondie, but um, I know who they are, and I knew a few songs as well, and I knew a few songs off of this album. This, this album has, has most of their best songs. Seems like this is maybe their biggest album. I, I would probably say so. Yeah, it's the certainly the, the album that brought them into uh, stardom. Stardom. Um, it's called Parallel Lines. It's their third album, and it came out in 1978. So it comfortably qualifies as a golden oldie. It does. It was before you or I were born. Um, it is kind of if you've never listened to Blondie, it's kind of uh, like a pop rock album. Um, yes. It's kind of if I say pop punk, you're gonna think. Blink-182. Now, it doesn't sound anything like that. No. I imagine this is what pop-punk used to mean. Yes. Yeah, yeah, totally. <laughs> and then it kind of became something else. It's more like if you, if you imagine a, a poppy version of The Clash, as opposed to, yeah, yeah, yeah. to something like that. Um, and it kind of comes from the new wave scene mm. of the 70s and early 80s. Mm-hmm. Now, I have known for a while that if you're doing a music podcast where you swap albums every week, that at some point a new wave album was going to come in my direction. Okay. <laughs> I feel like you have an opinion about new wave that I've got to learn. I have an opinion about new wave that I've actually not really been looking forward to exposing to oh. the general public because I think it might make me a little bit unpopular. Uh, 
I really don't like New Wave. And the reason that that, that is probably going to be unpopular is because some people see New Wave as basically peak music. <laughs> like, well, I'm sure New Wave fans see it as peak music. Yeah, I think, the same way that you see metal music as peak music. Yeah, I think a lot of people... You know when you meet someone and they go, oh, music was like better back in the 70s, for mm. example. The bands that they are picturing in their head are bands that I really, really dislike. And some of them with a bit of passion. Um, for example? I hate Duran Duran. <laughs> right? I really, really can't stand Duran Duran. I don't like the police. I think the talking heads are awful. Wow. I don't like the cars or madness or like, you don't like madness no or echo and the bunny men oh. echo and the bunny men are a little bit a little bit better okay so what are you standing <laughs> wanting well i may i'm not even whisper it right but i don't really like david barry either what yeah no i don't i don't i'm sorry oh don't. my god <laughs> revelations are happening yeah you don't like david Bowie. No, but, and do you know what? I can appreciate so much of this stuff, and David Bowie in particular, definitely more so than the bands I've just mentioned. But sitting down and listening to the music and enjoying it, not, not really. Oh my god! Yeah, you're literally going down, and not just my estimations, but the estimations of the entire world. <laughs> All well, the people that listen to this podcast hate you now. Listen, someone just gave Master Puppets a five out of ten. Well, fair enough. That wasn't me. <laughs> <laughs> so Blondie. Okay, uh, Blondie. A band from that scene, and I knew a few songs. So let's talk about let's stop talking about New Wave. Let's talk about the album, and then yes. I'll, I'll come back to New Wave later on. Um, I think the album starts off pretty well. Um, Hanging on the telephone is the first song. Mm-hmm. Um, I actually think I did know that. It's one of those songs where you go, "Yeah, kind of recognise that," mm-hmm. but um, I definitely I don't think I would have attributed attributed it to Blondie. Um, I think it's quite good. It, it's um, it's, it's pretty kind of catchy, 70s sounding pop rock song. Mm-hmm. If you can picture that in your mind's ear. I was going to say mind's eye. <laughs> that wouldn't really make sense. Like, in music your mind's ear. Um, and then the second song is called One Way or Another, which of course everyone knows. Now, I am sorry, right, but, and this isn't fair on Blondie at all, that this song has been utterly, utterly ruined and dragged through the mud by... The worst thing to happen well, to you. You're talking about the One Direction cover. Of course, I'm talking about the well, One we're, Direction. We're not cover. talking about the One Direction cover. We're talking about Blondie's but original version. I now listen to One Way or Another, and I just think of the One Direction version that was everywhere. You, I still hear that song all the time. That's so upsetting that that's marred your appreciation. It, of what it, is a brilliant song? It genuinely, I think it genuinely has. I don't like, you know. I'm not saying that if that cover had happened, I would love this song. Like, I'm not sure I would have loved it anyway, but, um, yeah, it kind of has been ruined a little bit. There is a vocal delivery that appears in flashes on this album. Uh-huh. Excuse me. And it appears on one way or another. And it's kind of one of Debbie Harry's, um, who's the singer from Blondie. Um, yes, actually, everyone, she's not called Blondie, yeah, which yeah. lots of people think. Common misconception, yeah, Debbie she's, Harry called Debbie Harry and she does have blonde hair so I can see kind of where that comes from um there is she does this kind of and it's one of her like big things this kind of like snarly delivery that's kind of like punky and full of like attitude Mm -hmm. and I don't think I like it that much even though it is one of like the blondie tropes like it's one of the 
the big things that they do. But generally, you like tattoos. I do. But I feel like it's a little bit... Um, I'm not really convinced by it. Just in those moments. I think she's great, actually. I do have notes about Debbie Harry, and who I think is, is an excellent vocalist. Mm -hmm. And I like... It's one of those weird ones where... I, I think I've said this before on here. I quite like that it's there. I just don't think I like it. So I think I mentioned on the Bruno Mars song there was that whistle. Yeah. And I was like, I quite like that it's there because it just adds like something weird to the chorus. Yeah. But actually, do I like a whistle in a chorus? No, not really. <laughs> um, and I'm not sure that I like the actual sound that that she makes in those moments. But so I, what, you're talking about kind of like more growly, kind of yeah, like yeah, yeah, yeah. gritty kind of sound. That she yeah, yeah, yeah for sure. Yeah. Um, and. I, I like that she is channeling like a genuine punk rock energy mm -hmm. into pretty commercially viable mainstream music. Sure, sure, sure. Um, I like that. I just the sound of it. I'm just not that not that big on it. That's a weird one. That's, see, I thought mm. that is those are the elements of it that you would quite like when she goes into that. Kind yeah, yeah, because that is kind of what I like. Yeah. Um, but following it, it's one thing you don't. Maybe like it's because that. I like it that I kind of. If it's done in a way that I don't like, it's going to kind of... Are you just upset that there's something that you do like about a vaguely new wave album? <laughs> no. <laughs> like, well, I quite like that, but not like it. <laughs> no, no it's, like it. it's definitely not. <laughs> um, and then, so the album kind of moves on uh, through various other songs that I was like, yeah, maybe I do know that. Um, and some of them are not good, man. Like, what? Mate, Fade Away and Radiate. I like that song. Is so dreary. It's like the sound of music dying. Oh, it's, it's so I just find that song so boring. Um, Pretty Baby is a song that I go like, I don't think I dislike this as a song, but see the gang vocal that sings the line Pretty Baby. Mm -hmm. That's I don't like that. <laughs> and it, it's, it keeps coming back as well. There's yeah. just something sort of irritating about that. Um, I think Sunday... It, it, Kind of gets better as it goes on, I think, mm -hmm. this album. Um, I think Sunday Girl is, is quite good. It might even be... No, it's not the best song on the album, but it's... Heart of Glass is the best song on the album, I think. Um, and it's, again, a song that... Even if you think you don't know it, you actually do. Yeah, I think Clint's agree with the other album as well. So <laughs> you, it's probably my favorite song. You hear it and you go, like, oh, right, I do know that. Um, and I think Sunday Girl, that's probably Debbie Harry's best vocal. I should say about Debbie Harry as well, is... She is very, very good. She writes loads and loads of, like, really great melodies. Yeah. Like, really, really great melodies. Um, she's one of those singers who can write a verse that is captured in the chorus. And sure, actually, yeah. Heart of Glass is the gold standard bearer for that. Mm -hmm. The verse in, uh, in Heart of Glass is sensational. Yeah. And the chorus is not at all. <laughs> but I don't know, I think that's just a song that I think the verse is so much better. Um, I, I think Sunday Girl, to go back to that, I think that's maybe her best moment um on it it's another one where the, the verse is really good she takes her voice up to like a, a kind of like higher register as well kind of takes it to different places in that song um and kind of has like flashes of the punkier moments as well which again while there's times i'm like oh, i'm not sure if i like that i get it i like when vocalists are doing different things and sure yeah yeah jumping around with the variety yeah exactly and, <clears throat> and just bringing different things bringing different things in um yeah and i think heart of, heart of glass is very good um and I, I like some of like the riffing on this album as well. Um, primarily, the band 
aren't doing a whole lot for me. This is kind of where I, I stand on New Wave. But I think there's like, um, actually in one way or another, that kind of like scuzzy riff at the start. Um, I quite like that. I quite like some of the, the guitar tone in this. But ultimately it suffers from the same thing that I think all the New Wave albums to my ears suffer from. And <clears throat> I've kind of spent my week trying to figure out what that is. A bit like the musical thing, where I'm like, because with Hamilton, if you haven't listened, I was like, because this is a musical, I can't really like it that much. But not because it's Hamilton, because not because it's, it's Hamilton, but because it's a musical. Yeah. And I, I feel a kind of similar way about Blondie, not as much as I felt about Hamilton. Hamilton is something that I could very much identify as being extremely good at, well, yeah, good at what it, what it is, good yeah. in its field. I think Blondie are good in their field, but not to the not to quite the same level. I don't think they stand head and shoulders above other new wave bands, for okay. example. I think they are definitely better than some, but on an even keel with with quite a few. And I've kind of spent this week actually listening to um, bits and pieces of this music that I kind of don't like, and going like, why? Why don't I like this? What is it about? Because it's quite. I mean, even the bands I mentioned, they're all a lot of them are quite different from each other as well. Sure, yeah. So what is it about... And do you know what? It sounds a bit dated. Now, I don't mind that. I like bands that are actually older than, like, before this, before New Wave kind of became a, a thing. Yeah. yeah. But I think there's something to... I wonder if it's because we've been so exposed to that. So in modern popular culture... The times when you hear Duran Duran and Blondie and like Madness are in like films that are set in the seventies, okay. and I think in a way, the world now for people my age, it, those songs are immediately throwback songs. No one's ever given me a Duran Duran song or a Madness song and gone, "This is a really good song." It's always like, "This is part of a seventies playlist," or "This is." Here it is in a TV show set in the 70s. Sure. So your mind always goes, oh, this is old. And so, and, and I think that maybe that has marred it a little and made it, I don't know. But could you not say the same thing about Metallica? No, because Metallica were never given to me as an old band. It was just a metal band. Sure. I just went, oh, Metallica, I, I like this, this heavy metal thing and I'm going to explore it. And, oh, here's Metallica, I'm going to listen to them. And I didn't go... Like the, it was never like, oh, you should listen to this, but it sounds like it's from the eighties. Whereas I feel like, yeah, okay, people do kind of when you're young and someone goes like, oh, you don't even know who that is, ha ha, ha. and then they, yeah. and then you show one of their songs. It's it always seemed like it's in the context of this is something that's really old. Yeah, um, it's also a classic case of the overhype as well, isn't it? Yeah, it's a little like bit. People put uh, an expectation on you mm. of what you, you you should expect. To achieve it, to gain from this. Yeah, and because of, of what I said earlier about some people think this is like as good as this this sort of period of music, this scene, is like as good as music gets, I think that immediately makes me sceptical. Yeah, yeah, hype yeah. always makes me pretty sceptical, but I think that immediately just makes me go, really? Like, th this is going to be, this thing that I'm about to sit down and listen to is going to be like the best thing I've ever heard. Yeah. Um, You're I, always left a little bit underwhelmed by stuff like that. Yeah, and I... Constantly. There is, I mean, there's more to it than it's not just about the, the sort of the way that I consume that music. There is a sound to it that I, I'm not that keen on. Sure. Um, but that definitely adds to it. 
Yeah, it does add to it. Yeah, it does add to it. I think it's maybe the fact that it's it's kind of neither pop nor rock, um, and it kind of sits in this zone where I kind of wish, if you're a rock band, sound like a rock band and have loads of attitude, but if you're a pop band, just give me like really fun melodies. Uh-huh. And I feel like so many of these bands <clears throat> did. Some people would say they did both of those things, but to me, they actually do neither of those things. In, in kind of the same way people say, oh, but there is melodies and there is rock. And I'm like, yeah, but it's not good enough for either of those things. Or it's not <clears throat> it's not solely focused on... I'm kind of struggling here. <laughs> um, it's not, like, focused enough on either one of those areas to make it as good as pop bands from that era or rock bands from that era. Okay. Um, but they're, they were the ones that became the biggest of that. Yeah, sort of. but then you could say, from the flip side of that, you know, pop was the genre and rock was the genre. And when the new wave came around, mm-hmm. it was like... We're taking what is successful about both these different genres, yeah. firing them together into this this combination genre, uh-huh. this pop rock genre, and like taking the best of both worlds. I mean, that's maybe why it was so successful. Yeah, I, I think that I think that is undoubtedly why it was successful. I think that it was kind of a lot of these bands were for everyone, whereas actually, I would rather that. And, and it's kind of people always think that I don't like pop music, and actually do i just like when it's done really well and sometimes actually in certain circumstances the popular the better mm-hmm. like when a pop band tries to be edgier i'm a bit like oh oh shut up because <laughs> because i listen to bands that are like edgy and actually have something to say sure so for me that's always like no no you're you're not good at that so you yeah, don't need that. that from you <clears throat> i've got enough of that <laughs> yeah 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 um and i wonder if maybe it comes again from a place of that where it's i've gone into this music being like there's poppy stuff that I like and rock stuff that I like and you you lot are not are not kind of going at like far enough in one of those directions I don't know I don't know I, know. I, know. I, I do see where you're coming from it's not something that I've ever been able to put my finger on is why I don't like so many of these bands that are <clears throat> considered to be some of the best bands of all time but I don't even know where that's yeah I don't know that's that what about, yeah. what about Queen? Uh, yeah, I like Queen, but they're a they're a rock band, aren't they? Okay, we're not going to go there. Yeah. <laughs> we, we can talk about something. We're going to move on. Um, let, let's hear an out of ten. Then. Uh, we got a five out of ten. A five. Yeah. A double five. Double five. Yeah. <laughs> it's a little bit. Yeah. Um, yeah, it, it's it's going to have to be a five. And this actually similar to what you said about Master Puppets. I would put this on, and I'd be like, oh, um, yeah, Blondie, right, music. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Let's review it. Yeah. yeah. Okay. What, uh, will we listen to Heart of Glass? Yeah, we're going to listen to Heart of Glass. Heart of Glass is a tune. It's, it's an absolute tune. Yeah. Uh, let's have it then. It's Heart of Glass. Do you know what? Oh. Heart of Glass is a pop song. That's why it's a tune. Because uh, there's not a lot of rock in it. No. So it's when they're more middling, I'm not so keen. Heart of Glass is a straight up pop song. Okay. I know, I get it. Yeah. I think we're on to something here. I think, oh, well, I think you're on. I think I've done it. <laughs> Gosh, I think she's got it. <laughs> uh, cool. It's, it's Heart of Glass. It's Blondie from the album. Parallel lines. Enjoy. Mm-hmm. Now, do you have to address the fact there that that song has a fade on it's it? It's got a straight up fade. It's a straight up fade that I said I didn't like earlier on. <laughs> uh, and it, this is the album I got to Daniel, so that kind of. It's kind of contradicting my points, Lenny, but I'm, I'm just going to back it up by saying I actually don't like it on that song either. Yeah. I would prefer it just to end it. There are plenty of songs where I go, this is a brilliant song, <laughs> and I don't like fade outs. But it, it doesn't make the, the song suddenly bad. Yeah, yeah. totally. I don't, I don't like the fade out of the song. The song's too long. Cut it off for a bit, Lundy. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> um, 
<clears throat> let's talk about next week. Yeah, it's a big one. It is a big one. It's the season finale. I'm it's not sure season finale. if we'd like actually mentioned that to people before. I think we, we at some point maybe said that we'd probably do 10. Yeah, so this is going to be seasonal, um, and we're going to do 10 per season. Um, but... So this being episode 9, <coughs> that makes this the penultimate episode for next week's season finale. Yeah. Like, who's getting their head chopped off? <laughs> That's how intense it's going to be. But <laughs> um, we may not be gone for very long. Yes, we probably won't be gone for very long. Yeah. But more we'll on that. we week off. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we're not holding for a week. Yeah. Uh, so we thought in honour of it being our series finale of season one of the Record Squad, we thought we'd better do something pretty big. It's a biggie. It's a biggie. So we decided, though it has been very difficult mm-hmm. to choose our, or at least one of our favourite albums of all time. Can you feel the tension, yes. everyone? I, I can. I can I, feel it in the room. Listen, so tense. We are tense. So the, the statement is pretty high next week. Oh, mate. Like, I'm, I'm expecting... Good. Big marks. I've given you some like albums that are close to me. Yeah, I think I've given you um, like three albums that I really, really love. Yeah, and you've chat on all of them. So, <laughs> so far, yeah. Um, so, but, 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 but nonetheless, the stakes are high next week. Yes. So I'm going to give you. Uh, I had a really hard time choosing. In fact, I've still not really decided in this moment right here now. Yeah, you did um, mention this earlier that you haven't picked. Um, I'm going to need you to pick. So I don't necessarily have a favourite album as such, but I do certainly 100% have a favourite band. Yeah. So, so I'm going to give one of theirs. One of their albums. Uh-huh. Um, the band is the beautiful, wonderful, fantastic, most amazing band ever. Wow. Slipknot. Elbow. Oh, Elbow. I actually knew that your favourite band was Elbow. Yeah. But they're, they're more than just brilliant. They're of personal effect to me. Okay, so yeah. I have deliberately not listened to Elbow because I knew that one day you were going to come around. Yeah. You'll know a couple <clears> of tracks on, on this album. Okay. Um, because it, the album that I'll give you would be their most commercially successful album, the album that made them Elbow, basically. Okay. It's like their fifth, their fifth album, I think, maybe fourth or fifth. They were kind of on the verge of packing it in. Right. And then this album came out and what? went on to win the Mercury Music Prize. Oh, yeah. big. So the album's called The Seldom Seen Kid. The Seldom Seen Kid. The Seldom Seen Kid is Elbow... It is glorious. I, like I don't want to put a preconception on it, but you already know what's my favourite album. Um, glorious is a preconception. I'm now expecting yeah, yeah, I'm trying not to do that, but you already knew. Anyway. Well, yeah, the category suggests yeah, that it's like glorious. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, it's Elbow's Seldom Seen Kids, and I really hope you like it. And even if you yeah. don't, I'm going to have a good week listening to it as well. <laughs> yeah, well, I hope I like it as well. And like I say, Elbow are a band that I've kind of been intrigued to listen to, and I have to be like, no, because. I know he's going to give me one yeah. one week. Okay. Um, so there it is. Yeah, and I actually should have known that it was going to be this week as well. What have you um, got for me? I've got for you. Now, uh, this is uh, something that, as a podcast, we don't really want to have to say this, but we're going to have to because we're not a podcast that's going to sort of sweep things under the rug and pretend that things haven't happened. Um, the, the singer of the band that I'm about to give to you um, was accused of uh, sexual harassment at the end of 2017, um, which is something that is you and I both feel is both feel quite strongly about. And inherently deeply wrong. We do feel is inherently deeply wrong. And I think that the lead singer of this band is uh, a piece of shit, to be honest. Whoa. Um, and yeah, he is. The, the problem is that his statement uh, in defence of it was utterly, utterly pathetic. And I think the statement is actually a lot of what perhaps led 
a lot of their very devoted fan base to say we're not going to listen to this band anymore. Um, we always say to you guys, like, we'd love if you listened along. If you listen to this album and you, you're like, you know what, I'm not really sure I can get on board with this, or not even on, on a musical standpoint, but it kind of brings up the question of separating the art from the artist. And if that's something that people aren't necessarily comfortable doing, that is absolutely fine. And, and something that I always say on that topic is there is no right or wrong answer. No. Some people can listen to stuff or watch um, a film that has a certain actor in it. And I'd be okay with that. And some people, it's just, it's too much. And, you know, you shouldn't ever say that someone that doesn't listen to that band is, is wrong or vice versa. You know, there is no right or wrong answer and people are comfortable with what they're comfortable with. Sure. As long as you all identify that he's a scumbag. <laughs> uh, <clears throat> the band are called Brand New and the album is called The Devil and God Are Raging Inside Me. It's a pretty metal title. That is like, extremely metal. I want to say it's not a metal album. Um, do you know Brand New at all? No. Okay. Um, so this is their third album. It's called The Devil and God Are Raging Inside Me. Um, and I, yeah, I'm greatly affected by this album. It, I, when I discovered it, it was genuinely all I could think about was the next time I was going to get to listen to it. Well, yeah. that's intense. Yeah. Okay. More well, on that next week. More on that next week. And more more on the separating art from artists thing. Yeah. I think I, that's a really interesting topic. It is an interesting topic. We should go into it a little. Yeah. Um, but we'll leave that for next week. We'll leave that for the series finale. Yeah. Of the record spot next week. Oh, I'm excited. Yeah, it's yeah. a big one. It is a big one. I'm excited. Uh, so let's wrap it up. You can find us places. Um, you know the places that we can be found. Uh, so find us. For real though, if you have been listening to the albums this week and if you have your own personal review that you would like to share with us, we would like to hear it. You yeah. can drop us in a wee voice message if you feel so brave to do so. Drop us a comment on our Insta posts. Send us an email. You can do all kinds of stuff. Yeah. It's not that hard to find. Um, but we, we're genuinely interested. I want to know. Yeah. I genuinely want to know. There's I want never to know been... that you liked Blondie more than Daniel did. That wouldn't be hard. But <laughs> there's also never been a better time to get in on the social media because that is where we will be announcing stuff for season two. Oh, season two! Uh, including when it will be out. And that's a good thing to know yeah. if you want to listen to yeah, it. I want to know that because yeah. you, you've come this far. Yeah. You might as well listen to the next season. We've got you now. Yeah. You ain't going nowhere. You think that you can go a week without listening to us, but you're wrong. <laughs> A week. You can try. Please. So, anyway, we'll sign it off. Thanks for listening. You've been lovely. Um, we'll see you next week. Tune in next time. Bye. Bye.